This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. What's up, Smooth Operators? Welcome to this week's show. I have another special interview for you. I'm when I found this guy online, or I should say he found me, which is really cool when that starts to happen. Um, I was immediately intrigued because one of the things I found in my clients and the people I've, I speak with is this idea that my business is different. My business is special. It can't operate the way that you say you can operate business because this is how we do things. And I have to tell you, I've worked in multiple different sectors. In my daily life, I work in everything from e-learning to oil and gas generation. Like that's the breadth of different businesses that I'm working with. And let me just tell you, business is business is business is business and people are people. Systems work, processes work, all these things that there are these slight nuances we have to make to our businesses. And that's where the 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 art comes in. But the actual aspect of having systems, having things that run your business for you, having processes. These are all universal skills. They're all universal traits from business to industry. It doesn't matter. You can study this yourself. I went deep into that rabbit hole in business school, but that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother day we don't have to go into. So I was immediately intrigued by the guests that we have coming on. I have Robert Andreas. Yeah, he's a serial entrepreneur that has generated over $500 million in revenue in 19 different sectors. Obviously, he's speaking my language on the fact that this stuff works no matter what business you're in. So his goal is to set new standards in business ethics and performance to show the world that it is possible for corporations to grow rapidly and generate billions whilst, while also being driven by ethics, uncompromisable ethics, as he likes to say. So he's traveled the world, and that's given him an ideal vantage point to observe common mistakes and successes in business on a worldwide scale. So I'm really geeking out for this. Robert, welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I feel amazing with our new little puppy right here next to me. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like the best co-host I've ever had on this show is your, is your little puppy. <laughs> yeah, bringing a lot of joy to the conversation. Looks about what, like six, eight weeks old, or how old is the puppy? And uh, he's a few months already. He just oh, already looks so young because uh, we literally just uh, cut his hair the other day. You know, so. <laughs> Fantastic, Robert. I'm so looking forward to our conversation. But before we dive in, uh, if you could just give the audience as a brief introduction of, of what business you're you're working in, what businesses you're working in, I should say, and how you came to this place in the world. Sure, sure. Um, so. At this point in time, I own eight businesses. Um, I used to own more, but uh, we sold a few. Um, last year, for example, I can start with that. Um, we had a business and it was called Taplio. Anyone can check it out. It was taplio.com. So um, all of this is public information. So it's not like you know anything's a, a secret. Um, we worked on Taplio for a few months last year. And then we launched it around the middle of the year. Um, in two months, we grew it to a quarter million. And by the end of month three, it was already sold. 
right? Uh, so uh, we, at, at the end of month two, we got the strategic acquisition offer, um, very, very good numbers, multiple seven figures. Uh, and we were like, well, at this point, we made, you know, a million a month. So let's just uh, call it today <laughs> and, uh, and move on. So um, it was a very good, uh, very good offer for um, that EBITDA that we, we had. Uh, and especially the, the company was just two months old, right? So it's not like uh, it was, um, it, it was very, very reasonable. It was out, out let, let's say, outstandingly reasonable from our perspective, right? Um, because we knew we can get this to seven figures easy and we can keep growing it and so on based on the first few months and how people love the, the, the company and the offer. At the same time, if someone comes with such a sweet deal, you, you just don't turn it down. So we, we accepted it. Uh, and then uh, we moved on to other things. So that was one, for example, that uh, left my portfolio last year. Um, and then other than that, I own a company in engineering. We build systems for people. Um, so anyone that wants to scale, you know, we just build everything. We have one company, for example, that's, work, that's working with two of our entities. On one of them, they're working on systems. On the other, like building, like actually building the systems, like hands-on. I like to say that some of my companies are like the ants of society, right? Uh, you have amazing people like Adam telling businesses what they should be doing. And then my team actually helps implement on those strategies, on their overarching strategies and advice. We, we actually, uh, we are where the rubber meets the road, right? Because people like Adam will never just, you know, write down what you need to do in a procedure. But then my team will take that and then actually build it. So I think that's the would be probably the main differentiator of how we do things. Uh, and then on uh, our end, that business, for example, um, they were at around 25 million, 20 to 25 million when we started working with them. We've been working with them on systems and on growth, on marketing for two and a half years. Now they're at 50 million, right? So they literally doubled the company. The owner told me, Robert, it took me 20 years to get to 25 million and now two years to get to 50. <laughs> so uh, he, is, he is outstandingly happy. Um, so again, the, another company does marketing and then another company um, is in um, HR. So, and these are various different places. So um, the engineering company is in Europe, UK and um, offices, Europe, UK and the US in Wyoming. And then the marketing company has the headquarters in Florida. The, my recruitment company is in Rotherham in the UK. Um, we have another one, another company is an Airbnb for luggage. So we have uh, started a few years ago and we have 75 locations in the UK. And we started this year to go to the US and we have uh, around 15 locations until now. So if everything goes well this year, we'll pass 100 locations in two countries, um, thousands and thousands of bags being left at our locations. We're very happy with that. Um, after that, we have uh, another company is a, um, a card game for couples that we invented. Um, you can uh, literally, it's a real game. It's not like we, the reason we invented it is because my, my wife and I love spending time with one another, like dedicated date nights and so on and so forth. We've been doing this for over five years. Uh, it's what is keeping us so strong, uh, I think, as a, as a relationship, as a partnership, as life partners, right? Um, and um, we didn't find any game we could play as a couple. The only games we found online were like just questions printed on paper. And they're useless because they're like, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? I mean, 
how many times can you ask that, you know, before, right. <laughs> before it becomes old, right? So you just ask it once and you, you never play it again. Our game, you can play it literally every week because it ha it's a real, real game with rules and you can win it. And um, it has certain questions like, for example, uh, when's one time last week when you needed me most, right? Or mm. what's one thing next week you're really excited about and you would like my support with? Right. So it's like all of these things that really matter, these conversations that never happen. Right. And they, this game helps you actually play, play it and, and have have those conversations as a game. Um, and we obviously love it. However, uh, we are biased, but what's not biased is math. So we have tens of thousands of people playing our game in 176 countries. And we have sold uh, physical versions of the game in over 18 countries, thousands and thousands of units. And last week, we've won the most innovative game of the year award in the UK, right? So we might be biased, but all of that is not. Um, and so um, those are a few. I can keep going on. But my mm -hmm. businesses are very varied in different industries, different sectors. And as you said at the beginning, one of the biggest mistakes people make is thinking you're unique in, in, in some way that you, you do not abide by the same rules of the same math, the, the same you know, principles and foundations of how business should run. If you believe mm -hmm. you shouldn't abide by those, you're already in danger because that belief system will not take you where you need to go. Right. And that's yeah. basically it. That's basically like the lesson of Silicon Valley from the last five years and then the nineties believing that they didn't have to abide by yeah. business rules. Right. Yeah. 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 And spend, spend much more than you make, uh, you know, get credit for everything that you don't make and you need. Right. And then uh, just uh, hope and wish that you're going to make money sometime in the future. What are you talking about? <laughs> how, how <laughs> is that? Like, what are you 15? You know, what, what are right. you talking? That's not business. You know, how are you a sane adult? Saying that, oh, I need to spend a hundred million dollars before I'm going to start making money. Come on, <laughs> grow up. You know, no, that's not. No, it doesn't doesn't work like that. You know, you're not. I love. I I caught onto one particular phrase you you kept using, and it was we, we, we. Everything was we. I think you said I like once in that entire discussion about what you're doing. And so is we, you and your wife, or is it when you start, is it the royal we, is it you and your business partners, it, but it was always we. And that was just an interesting thing I, I caught on to. So very few things I've done myself, almost nothing I've done myself. Um, everything is, is done with others, right? If, if we're talking about the, um, the cards, the, the card game and, you know, the relationship uh, company that we have with my wife, that yes, it's with my wife. That's the only business we have together. And she's running that as the MD, the general manager. And um, in every other case, there are always other people. I'm, I'm never alone, not even on day one. I never start a business alone. I, I don't believe in that. Um, it, it, people think that it's, it's the entrepreneur or is, is the, the person, the one person that did it. it's look in history just please trust the data the biggest companies on the planet the most successful companies are almost never alone there, there's no one person there it's always multiple people right elon cannot take credit for his achievements right he can take credit for being the leader and the visionary of those achievements but not for the achievements themselves it's always we 
who built the Tesla engine? There are probably a thousand engineers that built the Tesla engine, right? Who did the marketing for SpaceX or who raised the capital? It wasn't just him. There are so many people building, you know, the, the, the contracts, the everything, you know, that you need to build in order for all of those things to happen, right? So basically at the end of the day, um, you're in a place where you can say um, it's always a joint effort, right? So that's why I say we. I, I, I didn't even realize I do it until you just mentioned it, but it just, for me, it's just common sense, you know, that that's what I should do. Absolutely. And I find it so often when I'm speaking with people, they, they've glorified the idea of the solopreneur like the the hero on top of the mountain all alone and i'm just i i'm i'm in the same boat where i've always benefited more from working with others and having that relationship and if nothing less is having that gut check against your own <laughs> bad ideas sometimes <laughs> you know you have to defend your own ideas which is actually really effective i i found and i Super think good. for both of us it part of that is coming from more modest means coming from that place where we had to depend on other people earlier in our lives. Um, now we know it was survival, but at the time it just felt normal, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at, at the time that was your universe. And, and when, and we, we do this now when raising our little puppy, uh, you know, many puppies stay at the table and expect you to give them something and they just stay there or they beg or they, whatever, you know, so on. We never give him anything. And we, we intentionally said with my wife, never, not even once. He, he, has, he has to know that whatever is being eaten on the table is just for the humans and not for him. And he doesn't even try. He doesn't. Like we've been with him for a little while now. Nothing, nothing. He doesn't. He knows that we're eating. He just leaves us alone and plays with his ball or with whatever he has. Right. And that's it. And so that's his universe. And so. Now, if I were to go back to living like I used to, I, I would probably get out of that universe in a week, right? At this point in time, and, you know, my wife and I are very, very grateful for everything that we've done so far, because at this point in time, if I lose everything, everything, and we lose everything that we have, we have nothing, I can still make a call today, I can make 10 calls today, but I can make a call today to someone I know anywhere on the planet right in new york in chicago it doesn't matter like i need a six-figure job right now right and like robert to have you full-time no problem name the price <laughs> literally it's it's no problem like i can get a six-figure job at any point in time and six-figure job means you're in the top one percent of society immediately right so mm -hmm. obviously i'm not interested in jo those jobs now because i make much more than that right so it's for me it, it's not the uh, not tempting to do that maybe for others you know others would you know in quotes kill for you know a six-figure job because they're making 30k and they'd love to make four times that much right right but, but the, the reality is that um it, we, we just know that we never need to go back to that as as how we've grown so far right we we never need to go back to we will always have an abundance and we're just wake up grateful every morning and, you know, are grateful every day, even if something bad happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to touch on one final point with what you said with regards to, you know, um, not doing business alone and so on and so forth. I'm, in, to a certain extent, I don't only believe that, but it's a rule of mine that I do not go into business alone. And I just had a conversation with someone 
because I'm uh, raising capital for another venture right now. Um, I already extrapolated the, the business model. I put everything together. You know, it's, it's all there for the next five years. Um, and I've already done this successfully 10 times. So by now it's like, it's almost like I can just foresee everything I need, all of the expenses, all of the challenges, everything I just put. And I, I put the plan together and that's it. And I showed it to uh, a friend that's already has been an investor and so on. Um, and he's smart money because uh, he's done this before already successfully, right, himself. And so I showed it to him and I showed him the numbers like, Robert, this is conservative. I'm like, yes, I know, because but that's how I run business. I always run conservative and so on. I was like, OK, how much do you need? He's like, um, uh, I told him 150 grand. And then he was in shock. I'm like, what do you mean? You're going to give me 10 percent of this for 150 grand? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to make around five million from that 150 grand, right? And then, but I just want you to join me or someone, I want someone to join me in this venture. And like, why don't you just put the money yourself? And like, because if I am in anything alone, I just postpone it or, you know, I, I don't have any accountability. People do yeah. not understand how valuable that is, right? They, they don't, they, they, they think they do, right? They think they understand the value of accountability, but if you're alone in your business, like you're literally the only person, you don't need to report to anyone. I kid you not, it's so much, at least for me, it's so tempting to just, oh, let, I'll not send that email today. You know, I don't need to send it today. You know, I'll send it tomorrow, right? But when you have an accountability part, like someone that owns a stake and you use their money to build this, like now you have, you're, you're, have a responsibility to at least one other individual that you respect. An accountability partner, a professional one, needs to be someone you look up to or you respect or your peers or whatever, right? Not any random person on the street, obviously. So um, I'm looking to raise that right now. Um, and so uh, I told them, because like they, they asked why, and I said, because I, I, I want that. Because that helps me succeed in ways that most people don't understand. Because guess what? I'll need to send you reports of how the business is going. I'll need to spend mm. money based on a plan. And if that plan changes, I need to tell you that, hey, I need to spend an extra 5K because X, Y, Z. And then I'll think twice about it, right? And so this is so helpful. It's so helpful. In business, these are called control keys. And so if you don't have control keys in your business, have them. Don't be, and there's a, a term in finance, the same person that, uh, that writes the checks shouldn't be the person signing the check, right? One person writes, another person signs. You need to have a control key. You need to have someone else checking, right? Uh, that doesn't have the exact same interest in mind, obviously. Uh, so it's um, it's very useful. And so that's why I'm I'm raising uh, for that. If anyone knows any investors, obviously they can, you know, just let me know. Um, the, I, I believe anyone would enjoy, you know, 15 to 30x returns on their money. So uh, they could just let me know. <laughs> Uh, email me. I'll be honest. Like, I'm I'm doing the math in my head right now. Like, what do I have in liquid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I um. It's it's a beautiful business model. Um. And I, I was very very conservative in in putting it together. And I showed it to one person. He loved it so far. Said, uh, but but he's in a place where now some things happen in his family and uh, you know some unfortunate things. Let's say you know um, and so on. So he needs to be mindful there and spend a lot of time there. So uh, he's, um, he said, give me some time. Um, at the same time, he said, yeah, if you find someone else, that's fine. Because my 
I add one to three new businesses to my portfolio every year. So it's not like, you know, this, this boat is just going to sail, right? But this one specifically is going to sail. So <laughs> I'm uh, right now looking for that and then, you know, taking it one step at a time. That's so fascinating. I love the adage and those little rules you set for yourself. Those are like your own control keys for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's just been this way you've lived your life. Because think about it for a second. If you're the only person at the helm, who do you report to? Really, really, who? No one, no one. You report to no one. Yeah. And that's so dangerous, Adam. And I'd ra- I have no ego in this stuff, right? I'd rather give someone 10% and not only give them 10% of the company because they're, they're like, Robert, why would you give away so much? I don't understand. I would personally never do this. It's like, yes, because we are different. And this is where uniqueness of people, you know, starts to, to um, um, let's say, say it's more but in my case specifically if you have 10 percent, i will not only give you percent but i will give you minority stakeholder rights above mine because you're a minority stakeholder so when i need need to make a decision you need to approve it and if you don't improve it and so on it's like i have very clear legal documents in place so that you are protected and then i can do bad things right i can never go out and buy myself a ferrari or whatever with the money and guess what? This is what people need. Like they need this. And, 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 and you would say like, why would I give away my freedom? You have freedom. The, the only thing freedom gives you, by the way, the more freedom you have, the more discipline you have to have. The more freedom, the more discipline. The reason why society is crumbling, because we have levels of freedom today that we have never had in, in society, in, in our history. We've never right. had so much freedom. Up until now, you had to be disciplined because otherwise you would die. You would have to hunt because you wouldn't have food. You would have to go feed the chicken because you wouldn't have chicken, right? Now you just go to KFC, you spend $3 and you have the ready-made chicken. It's fed, caught, prepared, fried, you know, served, everything for a few dollars, right? This level of freedom we've never had. So you don't need to do anything. And the more you do not need to do, the more you need to step up your discipline. So our freedom has grown as a society much quicker than our discipline. So this is the problem. This is why everyone says, I'm not disciplined. I, I, I'm not putting in the processes in place. Guess what? You have no one to be accountable to. No one. Mm. And that's the reality. You're already a millionaire. Or you're, you're doing well for yourself, blah, 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 right? You, you go home, you're, you're your family only knows what they need to know, right? You don't really need to be accountable to anyone. That's, that's, the, that's the reality, right? And when you have like a leadership team, uh, you say like, I'm accountable to my CFO. The CFO wants the, to keep their job, right? It's right. not real accountability. Not you know? real, and yeah. Exactly. So again, that's why I have this rule. I never start a business myself. Whenever I start a business, it's always with a smart partner, with someone that is smart money, right? That I can count on them to call my BS, to, to tell me, like to play devil's advocate, right? Because I, I, I don't like drama and I, I go away from it, but you can have very polite conversations with someone and say, I, I think we should do this this month. And like, why would we do that? Well, because X, Y, and Z. Okay, but did you think about A, B, and C? I'm like, oh, I didn't think of A, B, and C. Let me prepare a better strategy so that I can get X, Y, and Z without the negative effects of A, B, and C. Because you can, you can improve your plan, right? Your original mm-hmm. plan is just you. Your new plan is two brains, right? Two business brains there together, right? 
higher quality, everything goes well or better, sorry. Um, and so um, that's part yeah. of my secret sauce, let's say. I'm always in partnership. I mean, the level of the conversation goes up so much higher when it's yeah, it's that actual relationship. It's that stakeholder mentality yeah. versus I, I hear it so much. I need an accountability buddy. And, but it's still some, just some guy on a Facebook page. Like it's not yes. really Correct. at that level of ownership and like ownership has always been a big thing. I've really professed is when I'm working with my team, it's one thing to like put someone in charge of something it's a whole nother thing to give them a level of ownership. So if we if we think one step removed from actual money on the table ownership that you get with the partnership, but how do we instill that level of ownership down even further into the team so that they have that commitment as well, even if they might may not be stakeholders? So the main ways I do it, and I have many ways. Uh, we have hundreds and hundreds of SOPs, literal hundreds um, in, in all of our businesses. Um, it is my, let's say, another KPI I manage, another rule I manage, um, is that from the moment I start a business up until the moment I can completely remove myself, it's anyway, bit, anywhere, anywhere between six to 12 months, right? So let's say maybe eight months, right? So from the moment the business starts up until I don't need to be there anymore, it's like eight months, right? And then I can do something else, I can do something else and so on. So um, I see my involvement in a business as me not succeeding. I haven't succeeded as the business owner. If me as the founder have to be there, <laughs> that means there's a problem because why do I have to be there? I want to be there different. And maybe with one of my ventures, maybe write this next one, I will want to be there for the next 50 years. You, you never know which one you'll fall in love with and say, oh my God, this is something I want to put in effort in myself and so on. At the same time, there's a difference between have and want, right? So um, in most people, in most businesses, they have to be there. If they leave tomorrow, it's going to crumble. And that's the reality. It's, it's, maybe yeah. it won't crumble in the first week, Give it three, six months, and it's going down, right? And so um, you, you don't want that. You don't want to be in that place. So on, on my end, some of the things I do is, number one, I make people understand from the very beginning that they control their salary. They control their income. And, and people are not used to this. Employees are not used to this. And entrepreneurs are not used to this. Business owners are not used to this. How, because this can go very, very weirdly. Like I, I started with someone, for example, that started at 3000 a month. And one and a half years later, they're making 12000 a month. They mm -hmm. themselves, they were calculating their own salary themselves, sending it to finance just for checking, right? One person says and the other person checks. Finance would check. If all of the numbers are accurate, they would be, they would get paid. They would literally calculate their own salary. <laughs> so when you say in control of their own salary, you mean this literally. Yes. yes, not, yes. not the uh, wallpaper no. corporate speak. No, no. They literally tell me how much I should pay them. My employees tell me how much they get paid at the end of the month. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is weird, but it's a system that works. 
It's breaking every business rule. And I love that it is breaking every rule that has ever been taught in any MBA program. And I love it so much. I'm just calculating in my head, how soon do I get to this now? Because it's, yeah. And, yeah. and I think that there, there was something you, you said there where you're rarely in a business for longer than eight months, eight to 10 months, right? So yeah. there's always, I think from your own standpoint, there's always a sense of urgency, like it has to be now. And I think that's yes. opposite of what a lot of entrepreneurs do where they start thinking, well, that's like two years from now. I'm like, brother, you don't know what two years from now is. Like, you got yes. to do this. Like, the, this quarter matters. Yes. This 90 days sprint matters. And I think just having that end goal is what's driven that. Or is there is there any other secret sauce to that that you can share? Yes, I can tell you something. Uh, so the rule of if I have to be there, something's wrong, is, is there from day one. Right. If I have to do something now, right now, then there's a problem. So let me tell you a venture I started with, uh, again, a partner, because I always do that. And you never really know how someone's going to be, you know, until you actually do business with them. The beauty is you can start 10 businesses like many. Again, many people take themselves too seriously. I think we said that before the record, recording, but way yeah. too serious. Like, oh, this is it. This is my house forever. Or this is where I'm going to live forever. This is, you know. Um, my job forever, my business forever, whatever. No, nothing is forever. Stop it. You know, just don't take yourself so seriously, right? And understand that things change as, as life progresses. And so um, I started a, a business with a, a partner, a couple of partners, actually, three of us. So they wanted to use Slack, which I, I never care what tools people use because at the end of the day right. i won't use them <laughs> you know what, what, <laughs> it doesn't matter you use whatever you want to use you know i'm not going to use it i haven't uh used my uh, inbox my email inboxes for like four years now right i have a team an admin team they they're multiple assistants they check my inboxes they check my slack they check my everything anyone that you know messages me or emails me or whatever they deal with it and I just hop on a call like this one, right? So um, mm -hmm. you you mentioned earlier that I reached out to you. Maybe it was me, but someone else was doing that, right? So no, it, it was delegated. it was your assistant, one my of your assistant. assistants. Okay, yes. <laughs> Even if it would have come from me, from my email, I wouldn't have written that email, right? So of everything is managed. Everything is delegated, right? I I hop onto the call and I get the contact before the call. I get the brief. You're talking with Adam. It's a podcast. It's about this. And this is what he said. This is what you said. Go. And that's it. I read that, you know, a few minutes before, right? That's how I actually, you know, hopped on because I was reading that. And like, let me check the, the calendar event. And then I hopped on. And so basically, um, all of this um, goes in a direction where if there isn't a procedure for it, then that means you're going to be asked. Right. It's as simple yes. as that. It's going to go up the chain up until someone tells someone else what they need to do. OK, so I went into this business with these two other people and they were in Slack and they're messaging each other in Slack and so on and so forth. And I because it's a new business, I was I made it a habit to check Slack once a day. Right. Because it was a new business. And so mm -hmm. by the time I would check it, there would be like 30 notifications of everything that was discussed until now. I'd read through it. If I would disagree with anything I would say, if I agree with what it what was discussed, I would just give thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, and then call it a day and then move 
you know, for, for the next day and so on. So at one point, I kid you not, there was a discussion um, months ago. And there was a discussion by the leadership team, by the two other guys. They're like, Robert, we feel you're not involved. Like, what? Why? What are you talking about? Well, whenever, whenever we're on Slack, it's always myself and, you know, our colleague and everyone else, but you're never there. What do you mean I'm not there? I am always there. Look at all of the thumbs up and everything, you know, like I've seen yes. everything. I've read everything. It's all there, right? What, what do I need to say anything necessary? Like, okay. Like what, what do you expect? The thumb up is like sending a message. It takes the same amount of time. Right. So um, like, well, yes, but you're not involved in someone. So like, wait, 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 what, what are you saying? Like, well, this other person, whenever I write replies in five minutes. Okay. So do you believe that we, as the owners of this asset, need to be on guard at five minutes distance from any query? Do you really believe that's that this is the level of slavery we need to you know, mm. put ourselves in? That something's burning right now and in five minutes I need to answer? How, yeah. is, how is that good business? You tell me, how's, how's that good? Do, 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 is that what you want to build? I thought we were in agreement that we want to build something that's self-sustainable and does not require us. Like, well, yes, but that's in the future. What do you mean that's in the future? You need to do that now. That future yes. will not be, will never exist if you don't put in place what you need today. You, if, you, if you say that that future is in the future and you postpone the activities that you need to do in order to make it happen, that future will never come. You need to understand, you need to be smarter than that. You, you need to put yourselves in a place where, okay, that future, it, yes, it's in the future. However, right now, today, this person asked this question. Instead of just answering their question, write a procedure on how they need to do it and just send them to that procedure. Just direct them to theirs. Like, here's the procedure on how to do that, right? And so on and so forth, every single time. And you won't know all of the procedures. You will not. And that's why people like you, Adam, exist because you mm -hmm. look outside of the box to their, into their business and you can help them see things that they do not see, right? Because they have blind spots. Everyone does. I have, you have, everyone does. But it's very easy to not have a blind spot when you're talking about someone else's business, right? Because you can see their issues, their blind spots. And so yeah. you add tremendous value to them. And so you, you tell them, hey, this is wrong in the business. And so fix this now, today. And then that won't be wrong in the business. Tomorrow, there's going to be something else wrong. And then we'll fix that tomorrow, right? And so on and so forth. So um, we've had that discussion with them. And then guess what? Since then, they don't care if I reply or don't reply. They know contracts are being done. You know, negotiations are being held. People know what they need to do. Product does what they need to do. Everything just happened. Everything I was responsible for happens and guess what i don't need to be there because if i'm there what's the point of me owning a business i, I just have a glorified right. job at that point right yes. I just, I'm, I'm the self-entitled ceo right of this entity but that's not the point i don't want to be the ceo i tell people all the time i'm looking for great ceos if anyone wants to apply let me know i'm always looking for great managers great operators right i need great ceos because mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I want, I want to envision the future. I want to set the culture and set the parameters of expectations of what's going to happen and how. And then just roll it. Because a CEO will be very happy knowing that they have someone to run their ideas by, someone to have a true accountability partner and so on and so forth, right? And I love the CEO because now they, they can be happy doing what they actually love doing, which is operating, right? So Yeah, that is so fascinating. And 
I, I, I just accidentally discovered that early on when I was still in an operations role before I was a business owner was if I would tell my team, Hey, I'm on Slack from nine to 10. If you need something, that's your window. Then I'm shutting the dang thing down. I'll check it again by the end of the day. And I noticed how much more efficient they got. And then the next level was when I said, Hey, by the way, y'all can do that too. And they, wait, we can. I'm like, yeah, of course. I think Slack and all these tools have made us, it's like worse than in-office work. Everyone's like, remote work so much better. You have freedom. Not when you're tied to Slack. Yeah, It's worse than in-office because but in-office, you at least had to make the effort to walk to the cubicle. <laughs> you can do this off your butt now and just yeah. bother someone. So now, now I'm thinking of my, oh. I, I know I've, I've gotten good at it, but I now I want to get better, like starting not tomorrow. I think that's what I'm getting <laughs> most out of this, Robert, is not tomorrow, today, now, fix it. Let me tell you something that everyone should ingrain into their brains right now. It's the best way to predict the future is to create it. If you want to predict your future, create it now. Create it. You can only create now, by the way. You can't create tomorrow. You can't create yesterday. You can only create in this second, Right. And so if you want uh, a, a predictable future, you need to create that future. And that's it. Dude. It, it's, it, I, I find the best lessons are the ones that you hear them and it seems so obvious. Mm -hmm. It's like, why haven't we been doing that? Even, even something as simple as SOP creation on the fly. Mm -hmm. like, like you said, your businesses have hundreds of SOPs that are operating at all times. And instead of answering the question, just create the SOP and be done with it because it takes the same amount of time versus we put that magical date on the calendar three months from now where we're going to create SOPs today. And it's like, that's not, you're going to create a bullshit SOP that's not based in anything tangible and real because you're doing it from a place of, I got to do SOPs now versus in the moment. I just find it so refreshing and I just want to. Okay, I'm going to be writing SOPs like every day now. It's, what it's, it's what's going to happen. And wow, so cool. I'm just, I'm blown away by the, the little insights that we don't have to be at 100 million a year or even a million a year to start implementing right now, Robert. That's tremendous. And as, as you, you're always looking to transfer yourself out. And I, I think all of these are helping you do that. Is there any other particular things that have you found that help you remove yourself from the day-to-day -day or any other uh, tricks that you found that, that enable that ultimate end goal? Um, yes, I feel that another belief that I have, um, this might sound a little bit woo, but um, uh, another belief that I have is I am the steward of the people in my companies right i am responsible for them i am responsible for their growth for their work for for their livelihood for everything i am responsible right and um it's uh it, it doesn't necessarily come from a religious background but i i do believe in in the act of creation and, and creating and being responsible anything you create you you need to understand you have to be responsible for that if, if you create just just i don't know like uh if you're just winging it that that's that will not 
help society too much, right? But if you if the act of creation is intentional, uh, you will see that you will care about everyone in your company because you will care about you know the janitor making sure that you know everyone's happy at the office. You will care about the person you know the designer creating cool ads you know for whatever it is you do. You will care about the developer that you know the quality of the code is great and it's modular and you know, you, you don't need to worry about it breaking and so on and so forth. So all of this matters. Every single little bit matters. And so the only way to rally people towards a common goal in a future and in the present where there's complete freedom, any developer can find another job, any marketing person can find another job, anyone can find another job. They have complete freedom of that. The only way to rally people towards a common goal in this world is to is for them to feel that you have their best interest at heart. That's the only way. Is is the is the thing that you say, um, oh Douglas, you feel sick today? Please take the day off, right? Don't don't even work. Come tomorrow, right? Or, or don't don't do that, right? Um, I cannot remember the last time someone uh, asked me if they can take a day off, and I said no. I can't remember, right? It's it's literally, uh, or or someone just recently said. Robert, we've, I believe we've done great uh, for these and these and these and these reasons. And I believe we should get the $3,000 bonus. I looked at the reasons and said, I agree. Give yourself the bonus. I kid you not. In another company, before that, Robert, the business has grown this and this and this much. You know, I was responsible for A, B, and C. You know, can I get this bonus? And yes, you can. Right? They, do, they don't even need, they don't negotiate this. They come, they present facts because this is what I taught them. Present me the facts. Why should I have this conversation? Right? And then they come, they already say, this is how I've grown. This is what happened. This is what we've done. And this is what I believe I should be paid. And if I agree, I say yes. But 99% of it, I don't remember saying no. Right? Very rarely. Maybe I said no once this year. But even then, we negotiated a little bit. Right? Maybe $500 or whatever. So that's it. And so these people know that I'm their mentor, I'm their friend, I'm their coach, right? They can come to me if they have a problem. You cannot know how many hundreds of hours of therapy I've done over the course of these years. People coming to me with their deepest things because they can't share it with anyone. They don't trust anyone to tell them. It's like, Robert, I'm really not feeling it today. I'm like, why? What's happened? Did something happen? Well, yes, something happened, but I don't know if I could talk about it. Well, if you want to, if you want a free space where you can, no judgment, have a discussion about whatever it is that's going on, let me know. I'd love to have that. I was having conversations, uh, and I still do if I need to, you know, 2 a.m., you know, Sunday morning, you know, because I had a, an 11 p.m. conversation with someone that had an issue in their life, and it lasted for, you know, three hours. Until 2 a.m., I was in conversation. I went to bed with my wife, and then the next morning, she asked me, "Where? what happened? Like, well, you know, this happened with this person. You know, I was just there for them, and I was talking with them, and so on. Guess what? That person made us a quarter million in the next two months. <laughs> yeah. You know, because, because they, they couldn't vent to anyone. They couldn't talk to anyone. Like, they, couldn't, they didn't feel attachment. So this is what you do. And I don't do it for any means other than to actually be there for them, to actually help them, right? This is, this is not so that I have any financial gain of any sort. This is because I actually believe that I am the steward of everyone I have the, the opportunity to be with. If someone, for example, invests in one of my companies, right? And they put in their hard-earned money, right? I'm like, 
I am even more driven because it's not my money I lose if I lose this. I lose their money. And then if, if I lose their money, I feel intrinsically uh, in need to pay them back, right? For some, in some other way, right? I literally, like I start another venture, I give them even better off, an even better offer or whatever, or, or I do something, I still give them the money back at the end of the day, right? So this is, this is something that has helped me. And if everyone starts thinking like this in, in business, I believe, all of our employees will be so much happier. And so just don't, don't be taken for a fool. That's different. And I can, you know, we can talk about that as much as you want. I have been taken for a fool dozens of times. Uh, and, and, and you just learn, you just, you know, smell it a little bit, you know, like you, you get to that point in which you, you can tell, but um, I've, I have been taken for a fool. So there, there, there is, it, this is a double-edged sword. You need to be careful, but when it works, it just, it's crazy. You make so much. It's, it's, it's super cool. You're speaking my language in so many ways, and I, I love that mentality towards it. And I, I think for for our listeners out there, if if you're not beating down the doors after this episode, I don't know what to tell you because um, <laughs> like this has just been really inspirational, motivational, a lot of tangible things that we can start doing today. And like I told, I wasn't kidding when I'm saying I'm doing the mental math on on how I can get in business with your brother. Cause it, it sounds like an amazing opportunity. So um, where, where can the listeners uh, find out more about you? So they, if they just Google my full name, the first three pages of Google should be me, including like a mini documentary entrepreneur.com did at one point a few years ago. Um, and, but the first link should be my website, robertindares.com. And if they want to speak with me, uh, they just need to let me know that they are from your podcast. And I, it's me at robertindesh.com. And if they mention the podcast and everything, my assistants will just schedule a call. So you don't need to worry. So awesome, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute pleasure. And um, I look forward to staying in touch and keeping my eye on what you're doing and uh, continuing to level up my, my own contribution as well. Just very awesome stuff, man. Thank you as well. Hey, before you bounce out of here, I have a free strategy session available exclusively for my podcast audience. In this 30-minute phone call, we'll unveil the immediate steps you can take to operationalize your business and put you back in the driver's seat. Just go to www.adamliette.com and click start here.